The live stream of tonight's podcast is made possible by our buddy Ian Service over at podcastaccelerator.com. Hey everybody, Trace from the Takeover Crew here. This episode is going to be a little different. Tonight we start a series that has us turning the tables on the host of the produce stand themselves. Each episode will focus on one of our favorite fantastic foursome. And where else do we begin but the guy who started it all? We all know award-winning podcaster and professional cat herder Al Grego. Whether it's his endlessly entertaining attempts at controlling the chaos on the podcast to just shooting the shit in the Discord group, Al is the definition of accessible. Well, we're going to see just how accessible. We've all heard Al's interviews with the various cast and crew of Letterkenny. Now let's see how he does when the tables are turned. Casey from the Takeover team is here, and she's armed with a live mic, a stack of questions, and Al himself in the hot seat. Oh boy. This is Behind the Produce Stand <laughs> with Al Grego. That fresh produce stand there, that's a beauty. What do you listen to? My favorite murder podcast. Taggart and Torrance podcast. <laughs> the produce stand. Ah, uh, fucking sexy. It's Thursday, and that means you're hanging out with us at the produce stand. A podcast celebrating everything in the universe. Now, I know what you're thinking. There are plenty of other Letterkenny podcasts out there, but this is the only one, like Trace said, turning the tables on its our our host itself, our hosts. I don't I don't know. I'm Casey. Hi, and joining me in the Zoom tonight on this very special night. Please help me welcome to his very own podcast. He's the award-winning host of three podcasts, a slut for several others, an amazing dad and husband, a real rock star, and a good guy. I mean, he's a really good guy. Please join me in making some noise for the podfather himself. Ow! Wondrous. Oh my god! I regret nothing. That feels a little different when it's only two people on the Zoom, right? Yeah, but (laughs) also that's the first time I I believe that sound clip has been played for me. So that that was kind of (laughs) cool. I don't know how you you guys feel. (laughs) Have you ever done that to yourself? No, no. I don't. I don't don't usually (laughs) give myself a unicorn. Yeah. So this is going to be this is going to be a night where we explore you exploring yourself. Mm -hmm. I love it. Hope you're ready. Welcome to your podcast, Al. Since this entire episode is a big fat, how are you now? Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to just do some housekeeping first and then we'll jump right in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so settle down, grab a cup of diabolical coffee. Hey there. Wait, what are we doing again? The sponsor read. Okay. Wait, we have a sponsor. Yes. It's Eric. Oh, I know Eric. He's a good guy. I know. Did you know he sells coffee? Yes, of course I... I think it's called Diabolical Coffee. Can we just... It's devilishly good coffee. You don't say. He also sells diabolically awesome swag. Terrific. He's got a roast for all tastes. Is that right? Yeah, you can order whole bean, coarse, standard grind, and espresso. Espresso, but whatever. Hey, uh, don't you and Tanya use K-Cups? You know we do. I think he has those too. Wonderful. Imagine if we could use promo code like Stand to get 10% off coffee or merch from his store. Yes, that would be cool. Wait a minute. I just had a brilliant idea. What's that? We should get Diabolk Coffee to sponsor the podcast. We should? Yes. Why have we never thought of that before? I give up. Thank you, 
Eric, for always supporting the pod, despite the fact that the TakeOver team hijacks it every now and then. And thank you to everyone who recently followed us on Twitter, which is having some source code leaked of, of itself this week. I don't know if anybody's following that. That's weird. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't. Um, but uh, Allegedly. Not, nothing surprises me with Twitter anymore. <laughs> right. So it's a cult, mm-hmm. but we've already established that. So. Exactly. Yes. Thank you for following and hopefully for listening. Oh, that's, that's my cue. Where is it? You're supposed Previously to be working on the night too. On letter I do this. This <laughs> is what I do. Come I on. Here we go. Last Previously. Week. Last week. On letter Kenny. <laughs> In hell. Last week, Tobias and Michelle joined the pod family to regale us all with tales from there. And I'm going to say it here. That was downright magical yeah. mystery story tour. It was great. Um, this week, we're getting into it with Al. So, pitter patter. We're doing it right now. Behind yeah. the produce stand. I don't know if we have a portal sound. I don't think I can't produce. find it. It's so many. Yeah, here, here it is. Hold on. Here it is. There it is. How are you now? <laughs> Good and you? Not so bad. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to say this. It's hard to find good help these days. And, and by good help, I mean, I'm, I'm referring to myself right now. Tell me about it. <laughs> that was, you. listen, I just do what you tell me to do, but <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> Now we're settling in. This is, um, I've been thinking a lot about this. Okay. Tonight, and I was just, I just, I appreciate you. That's, this is what I appreciate about you. Trey said it, Aaron's going to say it, and everybody says it about you, but you just need to hear it in front of everybody on the live stream. Oh boy. We we're so grateful that you've done basically what like Kiso does, right? Opens up your creative space to people that you trust and that you, believe in and like you know don't doubt them until they give you a reason to like it's very letter kenny it's very in that spirit and that kind of generosity um i think is important in the current like world that we're living in so we love you thank you for sitting down i appreciate it uh, a lot and um i mean some people i don't trust and i I still let them on like victor but uh, you know it's um it's all it's all about balance right (laughs) Right. Right. You can't, you can't talk into the echo chamber. He's got to be there. Yeah, exactly. Everybody has to have a victor. Uh, anyway, we'll get to him. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe for people who haven't, are just starting to listen, right? So we just wrapped season 11. Um, there's buzz about Shorzy season two shooting, and we're all waiting for season 12. When is that going to drop? Mm-hmm. Um, so there are a lot of people maybe just picking up the pod right now. Take us back to like the beginning, maybe even a little before the planning episode. Like, who are you? <laughs> who is Al before the produce stand? Well, okay, so it all started back in 1975 in a little town in Ontario called Newmarket. Just kidding. Um, yes. Is there a Newmarket, Ontario? Yes, that's it's it's, it's Tanya's hometown, Newmarket. That's There's a Newmarket, Virginia that's about. Oh, yeah. Very nearby where I am. There you go. I'm just laughing because on the live stream, Aaron's out, uh, Aaron said, Al blushing. Anyone have that on the bingo card? Am I blushing? I can't. I feel like I'm I'm getting a little warm, but uh, that might just be the beer. Uh, um, anyway. It's the beer. Yeah. So uh, well, how far back do you? So, you know, the- like, so you're you've got this bug for letter Kenny and you're, you're getting ready to do the podcast. Like, what are you doing at that time? Hey, How do you get there? Here's a confession, though. And if you listen to to uh, our interview on Disco Posse, it 
Letter Kenny, it wasn't a passion for Letter Kenny. I'm gonna I'm gonna confess right now. I just wanted to have a podcast, and it could have been on anything. Uh, I just didn't know what. And for years and years and years, I wanted to do podcasts, but I didn't know what to do it about or, or you know I thought I'm a musician I can do a music podcast but there's a mi- million of those out there uh, I love movies I could do a movie podcast but there's a million of those out there as well so for a while there was just kind of a lot of paralysis by analysis oh what am I going to do what am I, I, if I, I want to do something but I want to stand out I don't want to be one in a million right um so and and it, I mean pop, the the whole idea of podcasting comes back from from my education as an audio engineer and producer like music production back in college 20 plus years ago and growing up loving radio listening to the radio listening to uh theater of the mind on sunday nights listening to music on you know rock radio and stuff like that so all of that combined and then this concept of podcasting which came up around 2003 2005 i'm like i want to do that and i started listening to a bunch and again Years and years went by and nothing came up. What was the first podcast you listened to that you um, remember listening to? Well, uh, um, I talked about this too. Uh, Jane, oh, Jane, I didn't hear this interview. No, I'm sorry. No, I should okay. have done my research. No, but you know what? I, I don't think you know those who haven't listened to Disco Posse would, would appreciate this. So I'll, I'll be repeating <laughs> these answers, but that's sorry. fine. No, it's okay. Um, Jay, and Dan, uh, Jay and Dan, The Lost Podcast by Jay and Dan. So okay. it was back, yep. back when Lost was a big thing. Um, yep. And just like Letterkenny lovers now, um, you know, between seasons, between episodes, we're starving for more content. Same thing with Lost. Between, yeah. you know, and Lost is one of those shows, those water cooler shows where you'd watch an episode and you couldn't wait to get to work the next day to talk about it, right? There was no binging. Um, yeah, there was no binging. And it was like you were starved. And oh, that was between weeks. Can you imagine between yeah. seasons how like the suffering we all had? Like I don't know if you were a Lost fan, but I, I was. Yeah, so, I was there with so, you. Yeah, so I found this thing called a podcast, and it was Jay and Dan, the Lost podcast, and it was a couple of guys, and they did episode by episode. It was it was an after show. It was the first time mm-hmm. I ever heard of the concept of an after show, and I loved it. Like I, yeah. I binged that, and and was I became a a, 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 a ardent follower of theirs. And then after that, I'm like, oh, what other podcasts are there? Because once I caught up to theirs, I'm like hungry for more. So I think I got on to uh, um, Adam Carolla for a while there, Smodcast, mm-hmm. Kevin Smith's, um, uh, This American Life. So like NPR, a lot of their podcasts I would listen to. Right. Yeah. Uh, Vinyl Cafe up here in, in Canada on CBC. And I just, yeah, it just became like it replaced radio for me, like Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is weird because i'm a musician but yeah i have these long commutes and instead of listening to music i was listening to, to podcasts and so yeah, yeah. Um, you got the bug early yeah and then so yeah fast forward to now i want to do my own and I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out what i'm doing yeah at work i mean we kind of you know i was kind of doing the same kind of work that you're doing but you know in corporate mm-hmm. but i was doing it in corporate training mm-hmm. i started using podcasts at work as a way to as a, as a way of training, but also just to bring attention to the, the available mm. training. When, when you're working in a corporation, it's really hard to get people to spend any spare time with, right. with self-improvement, with professional uh, development, right. right? So right. I would, I would, I started doing this um, bi-weekly podcast called the Moneris Minute because I worked at a company called mm-hmm. Moneris. 
and all it was was, oh, hey, this is what's, uh, what training's available this week. Um, and nice. come check it out. Uh, and it was like just, you know, two or three minute long. I tried to write it so that it wasn't corporate speak. I tried to be funny on it and everything. And people started enjoying it and looking forward to it. So that uh, kind of got people noticing that I was doing that, but also got me practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, when you have like, uh, when you work with people um, and sometimes at, like at lunch, you have these really weird interesting conversations and you're like man if we, only we could record these conversations <laughs> everyone thinks that their conversations are the most you know the most entertaining and would make great podcasts well we started doing that at work in the office um okay. i had a studio uh we would uh, we'd grab our lunches a, a select yeah. few of us victor was one of them i remember yeah i remember you telling the story M- matt was another Yep. Um, and a few other people and we would, you know, spend our lunch hours, uh, having lunch and chatting and I would record it and I would actually, you know, put it to out to a select group of people so they can listen to it. And we were kind of, again, we were just having fun with it, but we were also unbeknownst to us, we were practicing what would become the protestant basically. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. yeah. And then during one of those lunchtime conversations, Matt was, and we, you know, one of the topics we frequently talked about was what movies or what TV shows you're watching. And mm-hmm. Matt was like, Oh, you should check out this show, this Canadian show called letter Kenny. And mm-hmm. I'm like, um, I've, I think I've seen ads for that. It looks interesting and, but it's on crave. I don't have crave. I don't know. I, yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't, whatever. Well, the pandemic hits, we're at home. We're slicing through everything on Netflix, slicing through everything on every streaming platform, running out of stuff to watch. So finally I give in, I get Crave <laughs> and I watch. Oh, Crave and Misbehave. Yeah. And I watched Letter Kenny and um, I'm like, you know, two or three episodes in, I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Why did yeah. it take me this long? <laughs> Mm-hmm. actually that very first scene when 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 uh, wayne says i think you come in men for all of us and that was the, the line that hooked me like after that they could do no wrong like after that it was just icing on the cake and i i even remember i think on, on facebook i was still on active on facebook at the time i said why didn't anybody tell me <laughs> letter kenny was this good yeah uh, and yeah. It's, and it's funny because only a handful of my Facebook contacts even knew what letter Kenny was, but, um, so yeah, so now I'm like, all right, so that's a really fun show. Uh, I wonder if yeah. there are any podcasts about it. And I looked it up and there was, there was the letter Kenny podcast that I believe everyone starts off with. Mm-hmm. And I kept on looking like, Oh, okay. There's this other one out in Seattle. How are you now? Mm-hmm. They seem to be more mm-hmm. active and, and, and they're, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't remember if I reached out to Dean before we began this or after, but it was almost around the same time. Because yeah. I just wanted to say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this too, and you guys are doing great. Uh, just so you know, you know, yeah, we don't want to compete or whatever. You're doing your thing, yeah. we're going to do our thing, and blah blah blah. But we yep. maybe we can have maybe we can have you on our podcast. Maybe we can trade appearances, kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, to their credit, they're like, oh yeah, no problem. Welcome to the. Welcome to the fraternity, and uh, they're so cool. Yeah, they are. Yeah. They're great. Um, yeah. So then, so we started ours, and and you know, when it came time when trying to decide who to have on, it was kind of again Victor, uh, Victor and Matt. I knew at work, but yeah, 
I haven't known them for very long. Like in the grand scheme of things, I've known both of them around seven, eight years, as long as I've worked at okay. Maris. Uh, the idea to have Tanya on was, was more practical than anything else. I'm like, uh, cause you know, at the time we were in a pandemic, but it, you know, we thought that was going to be over soon enough and I have bands and stuff. And she was already complaining that I had too many extracurriculars. <laughs> so I'm like adding one more. I don't know if that'll fly. So I'm like, well, she could join. And I remember how much she hated <laughs> whenever she, she caught a, a, a couple of scenes from letter Kenny, especially fart book. She's like, what the hell are you watching? This is <laughs> garbage, hot garbage. Yeah. So, best move you made. Yes. Bringing her on, dude. <laughs> so I asked her, I'm like, I want to do a podcast. And she's, she's like, what's that? Well, she knew she kind what's of, that? She kind no, of she knew what it was, not. but, um, you know, her in technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said, no, this is what I want to do. I want to do uh, Victor and mm-hmm. Matt. She didn't know Matt at the time. She barely knew Victor. I don't, I don't think she really knew either one of them very well. Yeah. Um, wild to think about. Yeah. And, uh, I said, so we're going to have them on and I'd like to have you on and uh, we're just going to talk about the show. And, uh, well, you, I mean, if you, lis- yeah. you listened, yeah. so you knew at the beginning, she was like, okay, so <laughs> yeah. I'll just do Every- this. I'll just yep. do this. Cause Al wants to do it. Whatever. It'll be fun. No one's listening. Yeah. Uh, until people started listening. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody who's listening needs to go back and listen. Yeah. So give me two facts about you that we maybe would be pressed to find through the internetting. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, uh, open book on the internet probably more than i should be tanya hates how much i share on oh are you like one of those just here i am world well i mean i not bragging about it i just like you know i just put it out there like hey this is what i'm doing who 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 wants to yeah that's it um probably why i'm in marketing and uh it's funny my my boss at work he's like yeah we don't need to tell you to to put yourself out there you just do i'm like yeah, I guess I do, which is weird because I, I don't I don't feel like I have that uh, personality. But so, uh, okay. Well, one of th- one thing uh, you know that I had to kind of work on at work was public speaking. I wasn't the greatest public speaker. Um, really, you, like as a musician, I can get up. I can get up in front of people as long as I'm really prepared. Mm-hmm. So so with the band, I'm rehearsed. I feel prepared. Right. But yeah. if you put me on stage with a microphone and just say, hey, can you, you know, just warm the crowd up for, for five minutes? Mm-hmm. I Right? I wasn't, I, I couldn't do that. So I joined Toastmasters when I joined Moneris. And I, and I, and that's actually where I met Matt. Matt was in Toastmasters. So the both of us got to know each other through the different speeches we'd have to do there. If you're, if you're familiar with Toastmasters, you know that you, it's public speaking and you have to learn how to speak on your, uh, your laugh, you're smiling. Is it something that you did or? No, my, my, my coach, mm-hmm. um, is did Toastmasters and that was the first time I had heard about it, but yeah. it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Just, um, I'm noticing threads in my life and the types of people and this circle, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but like the relationships that are forming. And so it, it just hearing that you and Matt met there mm-hmm. and that Sean had done that. It, it's just you know, family. It's like that same group of people. Like, oh, okay. That well, makes and I mean, I, I've become a, a huge proponent of Toastmasters. It's a worldwide organization. Yeah. Uh, you can join a, cl- a local club anywhere. They're all over the place. And yeah. I, I really firmly believe Toastmasters should be in every high school. 
Like I would love, my son needs to learn how to communicate better. Wouldn't that be cool? And like, there should be a Toastmasters club in every high school, in my opinion, because it's, it's Mm. the stuff you learn there. And it's not Mm. just about speaking in front of a bunch of people. It's just learning how to think on your feet and, Mm -hmm. and, and, and being a good, like having a conversation with somebody. Uh, I think uh, Toastmasters really helped me with that immeasurably. Even now, um, you know, before we started this podcast, Tanya was considering joining the local Toastmasters chapter because she saw what it did for me and wanted wanted to do the same, right? I feel like the podcast replaced her Toastmasters training, but uh, yeah. either way, however you get there, you know, you get there. Right. Right? So yeah, okay. that's that's one thing. Yeah, I was kind of nervous, nervous in front of, you know, speaking in front of people. Uh, and I mean... I don't know. I mean, the other thing, you know, I'm a musician. I started (laughs) the, my first music lessons were on an organ, like, you know, like, Oh, like church, church organ or or hockey arena, that kind of thing, because that's what we had in our house. For you. I grew up Catholic. So well, so did I though. I'm I'm Catholic, but so I could do both. Uh, Oh yeah. And and I sang in, in the church choir. So uh, guitar mass. uh, Were you an altar server? My mom is the guitar player. There you go. Yeah. So there's a few things that uh, definitely aren't out there, but uh, if you grew up with me, you knew that, but otherwise Mm -hmm. you wouldn't know that. Got it. So early comedic influences, top three. Early. I mean, Robin Williams right to the top. Mm. Um, that's obvious, but, yeah. but why particularly? Cause he's complex, right? And he's got, he's got an arc from like the seventies through to like. Sure. But before, uh, before I even knew what comedy was, or was a, a, a fan of comedy, which Tanya and I, Tanya and I went, you know, love going to the comedy clubs and stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Before any of that, Rob, I knew Robin Williams, you know, I watched Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, uh, any movie he was in. I was a huge, yeah. huge Robin Williams fan. I loved him, his manic energy, and just how brilliantly funny he was. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you know, who knew the darkness that laid underneath that? But um, yeah, he was definitely, that's when you say that, the first name that comes comes up is Robin Williams. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. Before we knew what kind of person he was, another big one was Bill Cosby. Um, yeah. You know, I remember yeah. my, my buddy and I in uh, early high school, maybe even late elementary school, he had recordings of his that we would listen mm-hmm. to and we had it memorized, his Moses routine, his, oh, den- yeah. his dental chair routine. We knew these. And actually, mm-hmm. I, and I mentioned before, um, we saw we got to see him in Toronto, um, you know, before all hell broke loose. And, uh, and that was a thrill. And he even closed the night off with his dentist routine, like a band would do an encore, right? Like he did all new stuff, but then Mm -hmm. for his encore, he did a routine that everyone knew the punchlines to, and it still killed. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's that. And, um, I'm going to say the, a more recent addition to that pantheon would probably be Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Huge, huge fan of Mitch Hedberg. I, I was happy to be able to see him live once as well at a Yuck Yucks comedy club in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a thrill, and you know, and gone too soon because I think the guy was a genius. So, yeah. Did did he did he translate live the same way he did, like on stage versus what you saw like on screen? Well, when he was uh, when we saw him, he was at Yuck Yucks. So it's a, it's you know it's a 
regular size comedy club, not like a soft yeah. seat stadium or, anything, or arena or anything like that. And he had a he was on stage wearing his sunglasses and stuff, and he had an upright bass player playing. Like so, it was like a very jazzy thing where he's just the, the guy's just playing these jazzy bass lines, and and Mitch is just delivering his one liners. And yeah. it was funny because um, no one else knew who he was. I got all excited. Mitch Hedberg's coming. We got to go see this. Who's he? And like, oh, you're going to love him. He was on that 70s show. Yeah, I, I, This is kind of before you can kind of pull up your phone and show him a YouTube video or whatever. Right. It's like, trust me, he's hilarious. Right. And um, so I don't know if it was kind of like expectation, you know, was too high or whatever, but they, they kind of sat there and didn't laugh too much. But I was in tears laughing the whole time because <laughs> I loved it. I just loved everything about it. So I didn't yeah, care. Yeah, he, he was brilliant. Yeah. And I, I did get to see Russell Peters in that same club before he became massive as well. And mm. the thing I loved about him was, like, before he became huge, a lot of his references were very local to the Toronto area. Mm. Uh, and uh, so they really hit nerve a nerve with everyone there because – we all kind of grew up with the people he was making fun of and stuff like that. Like the, the kinds of people he was making fun of. So that was a lot of fun too, but I wouldn't put him in the pantheon. I'd just say like, that's another notable one I got to see live. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love good comedy clubs. (laughs) Me too. I I haven't been to a comedy club in a really, really, really long time. Yeah. When was the last time you went? That was that Mitch. That was the last comedy club you were in. Well, that might, no, I mean, we, we went to Yuck Yucks a lot. I think the last comedy show we saw was Jeremy Hotz at like a casino-rama. Uh, I don't know if you know who Jeremy Hotz is. I, I, I don't. If you saw him, you'd probably recognize him. Kind of a big nose. He had a bit of a, a weird kind of um, anxious uh, persona that he would put on. Uh, okay. If you saw him, you'd know. I think you would know who okay. he was. Um, and, you um, might be giving me too much credit, but. <laughs> oh, maybe. Because uh, I don't think. Because. I don't think he was just Canada famous. I'm pretty, cause I, he's been in a few okay. like movies and stuff. So I think people would know who he is. Um, so I think that was the last comedy show we've, we saw was that like, we went up to uh, the casino Rama here, at, uh, like North of Barry, uh, which we, we, we've there, we've seen John Stewart. We've seen, uh, oh, uh, Johnny boy. um, Oh man, what's the guy's name? Italian guy, very animated. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, I know it's every kind of Italian guy ever <laughs> redundant. Sebastian, Sebastian, something or other, uh, okay. Manicolo mm-hmm. or Man- Manico- uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, yeah. Um, Scott <laughs> says Jeremy Hotz is hilarious too. So yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've I've gotten to see a, see a lot of really great shows, but it's been at least two or three years since we've seen a good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about recent events um the thread of connection and relationships is really strong in in the universe right like Mm -hmm. we've seen it across 11 seasons how the cast have developed their characters and how the relationships have sort of deepened and crossed like with you know lost dog it's a perfect example of that Mm -hmm. um what's been the most surprising bit of your sort of growth through the podcast i mean talking about those first early interviews like have you talked about like what it was like to land those interviews it was early interviews we were each one of them was surreal when we 
got them, right? I mean, Patrick McNeil started us all off, and God bless him, he's the silent skid, and probably of all that cast was the easiest to get. But at the same time, he opened the door for the possibilities, right? And That's right. Yeah, when I started the podcast, I had no intention of even trying to get interviews. Really? Uh, So what made you reach out? Uh, I I don't remember. It it could have been, you know, it's probably just a Twitter exchange. Um, Mm. As much as we we like to, you know, slam Twitter, it does have its usefulness. And and this is one of them. Where we all found each other. It's where we all found each other. Absolutely. Um, I, I shudder the day, you know, shudder to think of the day where it's gone because I, I wouldn't know where, like my, my whole struggle with the idea of a life, uh, like a world without Twitter is, uh, discovery. Like it's the perfect place for discovery because yeah, it's it kind of where everyone is. Like, uh, I don't understand podcasts that say they can promote themselves through Instagram. Like how do you promote a audio show on Instagram where you can't link to anything and you can't. You know what I mean? You can do audiograms and stuff. It's it's just not yeah. Twitter is just easier. Um. Anyway, where we're oh so yeah I, I I believe he was posting some stuff on some of the the videos he was working on with uh, and um, but he was also posting he was tweeting about mental illness mm-hmm. and, and uh, that's something that um you know touches close to home and and so i i you know i replied to him you know to let him know how much i appreciated his, his you know his bringing light to to these things right to the to the yeah. That subject yeah but he would respond i'm like oh right because this is yeah. twitter and and it's twitter and that's right <clears throat> as long as you're respectful and <clears throat> and not an asshole and, and not creepy right. people might actually tweet back at you so um, I probably, again, and, and I mean, this question has been asked of me before in terms of like, how did this happen? How did this happen? I just started asking, right? And mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. this is something I kind of picked up late in life. I wish I'd, I'd done it earlier in life, but I right. feel like I picked it up when I started working at, at, at Moneris, Um is stuff doesn't happen if you don't ask. First, you got to ask. That's the very first step. If you never ask, it'll never happen. Like you, you can't will it into being unless you first take that first step. Uh, you know, I, I, I was able to build a media studio out of one of our classrooms at work because I asked, because I had the audacity right. to say, hey, you like all this work I'm doing. I hate tearing this classroom down every time I need to shoot a video. What if I took one of these classrooms and just turned it into an, uh, like a around-the-clock studio? And they're like, oh, yeah, okay, sure, go ahead, <laughs> right? And no one had ever asked, so right. I did. Uh, so again, fast forward to I'm having a bit of a conversation on Twitter with Plywood. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm doing this uh, Letter Kenny podcast. Would you like to come on? And he's like, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm more than happy to come on. Oh, cool, right? Yeah. And uh, so yeah, and when I went to Tanya and and Victor and Matt and said, hey, I think we're gonna have like an interview with a actual cast member. They were like, a what now? Like, no. <laughs> you you want it really? Is this happening? Huh? And then who was the next one? I think Kay Trevor might have been the next one. And that was like, because mm-hmm. to me, like, there's there's like. That was a get. Yeah, that was a massive get. And that one, I can't remember whether it was me reaching out to. But after a while, I'm like, oh, shit, I can actually do this. And, and I, I, you know, I'm also, you know, friends with Toronto Mike. And I know right. the way he gets guests. I mean, he, you know, he's he gets guests by just 
calling their agencies up and saying, Hey, um, you know, I'm Toronto yeah. Mike and does your guest have anything they want to promote? They can come on. So okay. I started doing the same thing. I, I actually paid for an IMDB uh, um, account for a while. Nice. So that you can go in, find who the representatives are and email them. Uh, oh, you know, wow. that's, that's what IMDB is for, right? Like, yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be. Yeah. So if you want to pay for it, you can, uh, find representation and then email representation. So I think I, that's how we got Kate Trevor. Uh, um, and then, well, the, the, the story of how we got Tyler Johnson is a little infamous. I basically paid to, ha- to, right. to, to have a phone <laughs> right. call with him on, uh, on, uh, what's that app called again? Um, uh, um, uh, it's not Cleo. Oh, it's, um, what's the app? What's the app? It's so old. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm I'm dying here because I'm having an old moment. Yeah, um, me too. What's the app? People on the live stream. What Echo. is it? Is it Echo? Uh, no, it's <laughs> Cameo. Thank you, Aaron. Cameo. <laughs> Cameo. Word. Word up. That's I, what it makes me think of. Yeah, that song. It, that's right. It's funny because with Cameo, I've never seen this happen before. But there, there was that one moment where for you could pay twenty or thirty bucks or whatever it was for right. a three minute phone call with somebody. Right. Right? right. I've never right. seen this offered since. I don't know if that was no. just like something they floated and, and maybe, maybe things went wrong with it. Like maybe people were calling actors up to ask them to be on their podcast. But anyways, <laughs> that's, that's maybe what you broke it out. <laughs> maybe I'm the one who broke it. Yeah. I ruined it for everyone else. Al broke cameo. <laughs> you heard it here first. So yeah, I had a three minute phone conversation, three minutes in heaven with Tyler Stewart, Tyler, Tyler Johnston. Sorry. Not Tyler. Uh, and, um, and it was a, on that page and you got one of them wrong. <laughs> Go on. Sorry. And, and, um, and he said, sure. Yeah, I'll be on your podcast, but I don't know. You know, again, yeah. I, I kind of forced him to, <laughs> to say right. yes. Right. But I paid for the right to, to have That's him right. turn me down. He could have turned me down, but, um, but get to his word. He came on. So again, two like, Kay Trevor and Tyler Johnson, two massive gets. If you if you were to think of the top, you know, ten cast members on Letter Kenny, yeah, those, dude. Are, those are two of the top ten, right? Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan and, and Stuart, maybe two of the top five. Because sure. yeah, you got the the four hicks. I'd say Stuart is probably number five in terms of that cast, right? Um wow. yeah. So it's, it's yeah. just you, you gotta ask. And the worst that can happen is they say no. And so I've had no's. I won't say who they are, but I've had no's. There. <laughs> Soon. Soon. It was a while ago, and that was before we had the, the stamp of approval from Jared, right? So Okay. Who knows? Maybe now Well, I don't knows. have any stamps from Jared. <laughs> That's not me. I'm just take I just take over things. Mm-hmm. I'm a rebel, Dottie, a loner. <laughs> anyway. Um so do me a favor and think about like, not just how the pod has grown, but like you all as people, right? What were your, so you said a little bit that you started about all this, but like, how has it been to watch like Tanya and Matt and Victor grow, like as the pod father, what is your perspective on your castmates? How have you seen them? Well, okay. Grow as people. <laughs> Because it's important that you grow as a person. I, I, I don't think Victor has had any per- personal growth in this whole thing. I think Victor okay. is just Victor. He. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I think uh, I'm just kidding. No, Victor's been great. Um, Matt, Matt, I love like he's basically blossomed into like he he'll he's he's up for anything now, and and I love yeah. it. Like even you know uh, on social media and stuff, I love watching his posts, and I'm really proud of Tanya. I think um, she went from being very reluctant to being less so <laughs> she's still you know organizing your trip to Sudbury <laughs> yeah well that's the thing right she went from hating the show to yeah we're going to Sudbury and I've got this spreadsheet um so yeah uh, I think what what I the the growth more is and, and you kind of mentioned alluded to it is more in our you know relationship like mm. uh, Victor and Matt we're just co-workers it's funny uh quick story you know, yeah. Victor was my boss for, for the first couple of years when I was at Moneris and then he, he left the company, uh, to go somewhere else. Um, but, and after, but after that we, we stayed in touch. Um, but he, I was at a show, uh, playing a show in Toronto once with my band and Victor came out to the show and I remember introducing him as my former boss and he looked at me with this weird look. And then later on he said, you know, you can start introducing me as your friend <laughs> if you want <laughs> Ah, I love. Right. I hear him saying that. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I I could. <laughs> I don't know. Was, uh, I hear that and I feel emotional, but I know Victor was saying it probably with a little disdain. Like well, you know, you can call me your friend. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, my bad, right? Because of course he's my friend. He, I'm he's no longer my boss, and he's still coming out to my shows. Of course he's my friend. It was just such a it was such an awkward um, exchange. With whoever I was talking to, I'm like, oh, and this is Victor. He's he's my former boss, and he looked at me like, oh, yeah, I guess you're my friend too. <laughs> but and I mean, you know, actions speak louder than words. When I went to start a podcast, he was the number one at the, the first call I made after talking to Tanya, obviously. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> what about you? How do you feel like you've grown? Um, I've just gotten more. Uh, overbearing and and you know uh, <laughs> egotistical and uh, so your yeah. ego's grown. Okay, good. Absolutely. Good, Look good. at the size of my head. <laughs> Fuck, it's massive on this screen. I mean, it's the angle. Yeah, it's just the angle. Um, no, I mean, again, it, I wish I'd known this earlier in life. This whole like just asking and and mm. and taking mm-hmm. chances and stuff. Like uh, like I've been doing it more and more. I mean, you know, like my Montreal experience was, was another example of, <laughs> right? Like okay. if, yeah. two years ago, two years ago, if, if uh, you told me that, Oh, and you're going to hang out with this rapper in his studio in Montreal, who's on this TV show, I'd be like, uh, okay. And what weird turn of events is going to lead me to that? <laughs> well, you guys have basically wit- witnessed what uh, that weird turn of events has been. It, we feel like it's par- like we're part of it too. Like mm-hmm. we feel like, and and this is the amazing thing. Like I wanted to be Grogu for you. Like you, when I was watching your your Instagram, <laughs> I seriously, you were like Mandalorian, and I wanted to be your Grogu. And I was just watching you go off into these epic sunsets with all of the sluts <laughs> and, and just collecting sluts, right? Like yeah, just. Yeah. Harry, okay, like, let's run through for people who just don't have a clue yet, right? Because mm-hmm. I know that there's people who are here who are mm-hmm. listening who don't have a clue yet, right? Terry Ryan. Mm-hmm. Andrew. Yeah. Ardenson. At, at, Ansonen, yep. Yeah. Ansonen. Jonathan Diaby. Yep. 
Dolo. Ryan McDonald. Ryan McDonald. Max Harlan. B- Max Bufar. Max Bufar. Yeah. Ha- Harlan. Yeah. I know. It's um, f- fucking crazy. What, so wait, like you've, you, you kind of like knocked them all out, right? Like you just knocked them down. You just took them down. Mm-hmm. You're just taking down the slots. You're a little bit away from those interviews. Like, what is that all about? Yeah, and I'm thinking back to, like, that was a crazy, what was that, six weeks after Christmas? Like, it was one by one by one by one. I I thought, like, we were just going to continue. I was, yeah, I was waiting for, you know, Nat and and Meg and Zeke. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it kind of cooled down now, but it's okay. Like, uh, I kind of needed a break, too. We'll get there. But, uh, you know, hopefully we can get some of those female cast members on. That's That's been the elusive thing is to get the the women you need to you need to put you need tanya needs to mm-hmm. they need to meet tanya that's all yeah i agree they meet tanya they'll understand why yeah <laughs> oh tanya i want to talk about tanya all right um what do you think tanya wants to see most out of the rest of letter kenny so so she she was reluctant, right? Mm-hmm. She's she's bought in now. She's made the spreadsheet. Where where do you where do you predict Tanya's ultimate like well, evolution is in this letter Kenny universe? I mean, she she wants more story, obviously. She's always wanted more story. But I think yeah. as long as it's the women kicking ass, she I don't yeah. she, that's all she wants to see is women kicking ass. She loves Katie, she loves Tannis, she loves those characters and 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 you know, we have a daughter, so she, as much for her as it is for Tanya's benefit, we love seeing those stories featuring strong women roles. And yes. I mean, uh, in in the last Ladies' Night, you guys, when Tanya talked about her love for Xena, she's not making that shit up. I remember when we first started dating, Xena was her jam. She couldn't miss it. She loved, loved, loved that show and and that character because she wanted she wanted so much to identify with that character. Mm-hmm. And she takes her power from identifying with with stronger characters like that, right? So, um, yeah, I think she just wants more good things from Katie, more good things mm-hmm. for for Tannis, more good things for all the the women on that show. All the women, I I think, I think that's a good thing to all of us want for all women in all universes, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. And, and my, we could know. extrapolate that out of the Letter Kenny universe. <laughs> yeah, that would be dope. <laughs> <laughs> just extrapolate so who is your favorite slut to interview oh that's a good question um probably uh ryan mcdonald why and i'm not saying that because i know he's your favorite <laughs> easy uh, I, you're, I you're they just were, because i was at the top of his twitter feed for a couple of weeks <laughs> they were all great and they all brought it, and they all brought some really fun stories. For some mm-hmm. reason, maybe because it was like uh, reality versus expectation, I didn't know what to expect from that interview, but what we got from it was really, like, he's a very, you know what it is? He's like the prettiest of the of, of the sluts. <laughs> but he was the most down-to-earth, 
and mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe cause he just had a kid and, and you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he lives like literally half an hour from, or 40 minutes from here. Uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like the, the, had that kind of local connection, even though he's not from Toronto, but that's where he is right now. I feel like, yeah. you know, you, I had the same kind of feeling with Alice Mukui where when you think you can just maybe run into them on the street one day, there's, there, there feels like there's a bit of that kinship there already. Right. And you know, Ryan, where, where he said he was living, I'm like, Oh shit. That's like a drive by there all the time. Like I could maybe see him on the street one day. He's a musician. Uh, he's, uh, he's just a really good guy too. Very approachable and stuff. And a uh, new father. And I don't know, just, um, for some reason, now and there was the easiest of the sluts to to have. They, they again, they all had great moments. They were great. Interviews. They all they all made great stories and stuff like that. But yeah, the one that I probably felt most comfortable with was him. All right, so I wanted to give you your magical um, ninety minutes, if we could possibly swing it. But I also Ooh. wanted to give plenty of time for listener questions. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> so there's there's a list. All right. Okay? And, and I also encourage people to drop in in the chats. Um, we're going to we're going to get into it. Um, do you want a serious question first or do you want a lighter question first? Uh, let's keep the lighter ones to the end. <laughs> All right. OK, so um, Mike asks, mm-hmm. How does it feel when new people uh, joining the TPS family say they were nervous speaking to you for the first time? Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild to hear that. Um, Because we don't feel, you know, we're not, we're not celebrities. We're just people who started a podcast and that's something anyone can do. Um, But I also get that feeling because I remember, you know, my first time meeting Toronto Mike in person. Again, he's just a dude who lives down the street from where I work, and I went over to his house and checked out his studio and stuff. The first, when I sat down at his desk and put on the headphones and he played the intro to his podcast, mm-hmm. I got shivers as if I was like, you know, on the set of my favorite TV show. or You know what I mean? It was weird, right? But when you spend that much time listening to something or someone, and then you finally meet them, it doesn't matter who they are it's going to be kind of a strange feeling at the beginning. Right. So I get it. It's just so weird that people are saying that about us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Right. Cause you're right. It does. It, it demystifies it as mm-hmm. soon as you are in person. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've all met in person now. So now we're all like, whatever, we're all regular people, right. all, you know, we right. all ha- have families and kids and, and, and problems and, and whatever. So, right. But because we know all that, we're all, you know, fine with each other, but yeah, you're right. right. When you're meeting somebody for the first time and all you know, or see is what you're given either on a TV show or on a podcast. Yeah. Your first time meeting them, it's going to be a little nervous. Sure. Yeah. Your eyes are going to, you know, go real wide, Mm -hmm. maybe blink less drool a little more. And, and, when it's a podcast or a radio personality, that's even better because they never look like their their voices. <laughs> you have a or face very, for radio. Or very rarely do they look like their voices. Like, huh? Oh, that's him. <laughs> huh. Oh, oh, okay. That's, um, <laughs> I mean, okay. all right, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up listening to, um, oh, you know, Q one hundred seven, Toronto's rock station, and 
I remember the first time I saw one of their DJs. I mean, coming through the FM, you know, signal, they've got these this bigger than life voice and and personality and stuff and then you see them and they're like five foot nothing and they got a bit of a beer belly and no hair i'm like oh okay (laughs) right Uh, nice to meet you you look that's correct you look like my uncle ed uh that is yep (laughs) that has been my consistent experience as well in the industry yeah so, so we, we took a chance when we started doing these live streams, you see what we look like. and uh, <laughs> Well, but that's the thing, right? Like that's the beauty of, of the world that we live in now. So how do you, do you feel in what ways did adding the live stream and doing the videos change? Did it change this for you? Did it change your approach? Did it, how did it change for you to it, go from audio only to this now? It did. Uh, it did. And, and at, at, at first I, I didn't want to do it. Um, <clears throat> I went into a kicking and screaming because I'm, I'm, I'm a radio and podcast purist, I guess, if there's such thing mm-hmm. as a podcast purist, it's audio only. Uh, we don't need to see things. Uh, right. I, I develop a relationship with the person I'm listening to, you know, with audio. Um, yeah. And I don't, some, you know, sometimes it, I'm never going to be a person that's going to sit there and watch a YouTube channel of my favorite podcasts. I'm not going to do that. Like right. I, I enjoy podcasts in my ears yeah. and I always will. So when it came to, you know, putting ours out there, um, yeah, I didn't want to do it because a, mm-hmm. you know how much I love editing. I hate editing. <laughs> um, and the amount of work. And because this is just a hobby and I'm not making any money at it, I didn't want to spend any more time at it than I had to. Um, So recording and posting immediately after recording, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to keep doing that. But I understood that, um, you know, certain people were like, you know, or the natural progression of a podcast for it to go anywhere. And I Mm. I don't even know what, what I want from this podcast. But if we want to evolve we have to start doing stuff like that. And I mean, what broke, you know, what broke me out of it was those first off season episodes where, you know, we're doing best dubs and stuff mm-hmm. or the, was a letter Kenny memes or something like that. Well, one of them, mm-hmm. it, we had to have visuals. We had to, it didn't make any sense not to have visuals, whether mm-hmm. it was Trace's best silent scenes episode or the mm-hmm. memes or whatever, it, it didn't make any sense. So, mm-hmm. or at the very least have had to have the option if, you're listening to this, but you want to see what we're talking about, go to YouTube and you can watch it. Um, So I understand that. I mean, our YouTube numbers are minuscule. They're nothing. So to me, I put it up there just so there's an option, but my focus is always going to be on the audio channel. Yeah. The live stream. I love it just because of the immediacy of this. I can, I can see Mm. I can see people reacting and I love that part of it because, you know, as a performer, you want feedback, you know, absolutely. Like a, a musician. Yeah. As a musician, <laughs> I want, I want feedback. Yeah. Uh, this is the closest thing we're going to get to feedback. I mean, I guess the next step might be figuring out a way to do this live one day in front of an audience. Um, like one of the, one of the, you podcasts, come on, baby. well, yeah. I mean, one of the podcasts I listen to, it's called fuck buddies there. It's a really fun uh, podcast a couple of guys from toronto who do like a sex advice podcast they're really good really right. funny and recently they they started doing a few live shows at a place in toronto which you know sounds amazing 
but again, mm-hmm. our, but our listeners are all over the place. Like how we, right. I don't know how we could do it. I'm, I'd love right. to, but there's no way, I don't know. Uh, I can't figure out how we could do that with more than like two or three people showing up. It'd be the four of us and maybe uh, um, Miriam and Juan <laughs> coming out to, to watch us, which, which would be fun, but uh, maybe not as enjoyable. Maybe the next letter Kemi live tour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Open for them. Yeah, sure. Yeah. If it could be like a traveling thing, but again, I'm making no money at this, so there's no budget for any of that. Right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's not talk about sad things. <laughs> next question is a follow-up from Mr. Mike. Mm-hmm. What values and experiences from the early days of Alan Grego do you carry with you today? And what impact do they have on your podcasting, both okay. career and hobby? Okay, this sounds like a job interview question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a good question. No, it's a great question. I mean, uh, values and experiences. Look, I, I, I love... Um, um, I like, you want to like, what do you carry from your childhood? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, so I was a latchkey kid. I spent a lot of time alone um, mm. watching TV and and doing stuff on my own. So being creative because I had to be creative because, you know, there was no computers or whatever. Uh, so it was like TV brought me up. So I feel like what's helped me produce, like, you know, produce podcasts and, and do it, you know, I'm I toot my own horn a bit here, but doing it as proficiently or as well as I've been able to do it out of the gate without the growing pains of some other, you know, people is I'm a consumer <laughs> of media of all media whether it's television radio and then when podcasts came you know became a thing i listened to hundreds and if not thousands of hours of podcasts before i started making my own um so when i started producing my own i kind of already knew what i wanted to do and how Mm -hmm. i wanted to do it and because i had that audio engineering background i was i was capable of doing it so Yeah, yeah yeah um you know this whole you know with my work, the Yes, We Were Open podcast, traveling around and doing those remote interviews. I'd never done that before. I'm not a reporter. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. But for some reason, <laughs> I was able to do it and make it sound like I knew what I was doing. Um, so, yeah, I'm a I'm, I'm huge consumer, right from a, as a child, a consumer of media and art. Mm. I've got a creative streak in me, the, a, a creative need to do something. So during the pandemic, out of boredom, I started a podcast Right. This need for performance because as a musician and I couldn't perform live anywhere. So uh, another reason for starting the podcast. So, yeah, there's a bunch of drives there that um, manifested into this for sure. Yeah. What's like good to know about yourself mm-hmm. as you're sort of navigating things like a global pandemic, right? Like good information to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so a question is from um, Koalamos. Oh, oh this is our friend Jack Down Under mm-hmm. for Al. How have you found the transition from how the podcast started as your first idea up to now letting fans of it run with it at times? And of course, when are you bringing the pod down under, but mostly the first thing? Oh, I can't wait to uh, one day. So I, I think I may have mentioned this before, but ever since grade eight, uh, my dream has gone been to visit Australia. Uh, we, I had my grade eight teacher, and I don't know if he, he went rogue on the curriculum or whatever, but for some reason, in all of grade eight, we learned Australian history and geography. 
Um, yeah, <clears throat> and even music. He played us Midnight Oil and and uh, Crowded House and stuff like that. Loved it. And and ever since then, I've always wanted to visit Australia. One day, Jack. One day, I'm going to be sleeping on your couch. Uh, but in terms of um. Look, I had no idea what, what it was going to be. It could have lasted 20 episodes and we could have fizzled out. I mean, mm, I feel like the, mm-hmm. the pandemic had a lot to do with us sticking to it for as long as we did. Um, yeah. And, uh, but I'm glad, you know, I mean, if anything good came out of that, it was this. And and mm. everything else, the growth, you know, where it's gone with the users, with the community, pitching in with you guys, it's all, again, it's all been just me saying, yes, let's, let's try it. Let's try mm-hmm. it. Why not? What do we have to lose? Hey, no one's making money at this. Uh, if, if, if it's no good, you know, no one will listen, but that's the worst yeah. thing that can happen. But if it is good, wow. Like, and <clears throat> I mean, I love sharing, like those kind words you said off the top about, you know, Kiso mm-hmm. sharing his, his creative um, space space. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a collaborator. So I, I work better in collaboration with, other. I mean, I, weird i start off working better alone but then once mm-hmm. things get going i like inviting collaboration mm-hmm. when did you figure that out about yourself oh fuck i probably just now i <laughs> know you know <clears throat> um I, yeah i've always yeah, known yeah. this about me i'm a really good starter of things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but but after i f- i do find that after a while i if i if they they either get stale Mm. or not interesting or not exciting anymore, I, I'll mm-hmm. drop them. So maybe doing all this stuff that we've been doing is my way of not letting it go stale, because if it goes stale, then I won't want to do it anymore, right? So mm. let's let's try new things. Let's try different things so that we can keep this going. Uh, right. Because, because I want to keep it going. But if if it becomes too much work or too much of a chore. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> right. But for now, it's just been fun. It's been re- really fun. So, so a follow up from Tobias um, would would sort of wrap up what you said. So he has a couple that kind of tie into what you've just been talking about. So, what have you learned about yourself and your fellow pa- panelists since the start? Mm-hmm. And what has surprised you most about doing TPS? Well, I've learned from my panelists is that they're all useless when it comes to you know helping. Fucking useless. Just useless. Like none of them are any help. Um, no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I've yet to see Matt, Victor, or Tanya run the soundboard. Well, no, none of them are going to do that. But it's my soundboard, so it's literally got okay. my name on it. So yeah, that's fair. Um, so I don't want them to do that. No, I'm just kidding. No. Um. <laughs> What have I learned? Like I said, like, so I'm, I'm, I'm a better starter than I am a finisher, but I've become yeah. a better finisher as of late. Thank you for, for choking back the, <laughs> the laughter there. Um, let me, let me put it in a different way. <laughs> I've always enjoyed the excitement of starting a project. <laughs> are you yes. Okay? Are you okay there? Yeah. Okay. The excitement of starting a project. Yes. Uh, but it's never been. Oh man, how do I say this without you know triggering your? You like working with people. I like working with people, but I also, yeah, I'm also not the the greatest at finishing projects until recently. I've been I've been better at it recently, and a lot of it has to do with what I do professionally because I've been forced to, right? 
but uh, That's yeah. Right. yeah. Cool. Um, who's been your favorite cast or crew guest from letter Kenny from letter Kenny. Mm-hmm. Mm. This is from Tobias. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, for the longest time it was Tyler Johnston because mm. uh, he was such a fun interview and so mm. easy to interview once he once he relaxed everyone relaxed and we we had a really great time with him yeah um, good but then um jeff McHenry came on <laughs> and and it's never been the same like he he was so so amazing and he had us all giggling and like yeah it's a good interview. I, yeah he was so much fun so um I mean, they've all, again, they've all had great moments, but uh, yeah, uh, Johnson, John, Tyler Johnston and Jeff McHenry were, were two of my favorite from Letterkenny. And then you said Ryan McDonald was your favorite from, from Shorzy. Shorzy. Yeah, so far, so far. So far, yeah, so far. That's right, so far. Um, okay, um, more along the lines of playing favorites, uh, you saw Miriam wants to know, who is your favorite Blueberry crew member? <sighs> and I feel like I need to ask you this because you ask the sluts, who their favorites are and they all go, Oh, I can't say. I know. And they all hedge, so let's see. Who was my favorite blueberry crew member? Um well you're you're the only one interviewing me, so I'm gonna say you. <laughs> it's Casey. That of is, course it's Casey. That's the correct answer. Of course it's Casey. <laughs> that's not a fair question. <laughs> You shouldn't ask it, Al. Oh, oh. They were all great. Oh, it was so, it was so uh, and you want to talk about, you know, having that weird feeling meeting people in, in person for the first time. Yeah. I had that when I met all you guys. It was weird, but, but in, was in, weird. A, in a really good way. Like when we were standing in that parking lot waiting for the, the train to take us into Toronto and I'm just standing there looking at it, looking, looking at Robbie, looking at Josh, looking at you, looking at Austin going, yeah, this is happening. All right. This is weird. This is that's, so That's cool. when we took that magical picture yeah, yeah. where like I had to block the sun with my head because it was <laughs> effing up the lighting, but it ended up making it look like magical and we're all delighted yeah. in our face holes. That was intense was so to look back on that moment and go, look out. But like not a single one of us doesn't look equally as pleased as the other. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody looks like, oh, he's not having a good time. Like I mean, everybody looks stupid happy. You guys went on to have an amazing adventure up in Sudbury, but that day for me was yeah. a perfect day. I mean, any number of things could have gone wrong and but it all went right. It all went so well. Uh, up until even like that dinner that night with Billy and and at the Japanese place, us getting the party yeah. room. I mean, it was just yeah. It was a perfect day. Sudbury magic. Exactly. That's that's what I'm calling it. Something about it. Mm-hmm. Because it continued. That that magic mm-hmm. continued, which you know. And we've talked about it before. And this is about you, not us. Somebody should write a song. You know what? We should get ChatGPT to write a song called Sudbury Magic. And then we can, I'll perform it and record it and yeah, do all that. Do it. In the in the theme of Sudbury Saturday Night by Stompin'. Oh, I don't know if, if I can do that. That would be <laughs> hilarious, though, to see what Chat GPT comes up with just for fun. So Cassie has a question mm-hmm. uh, for Al. I'd love to ask: What is the greatest lesson or takeaway you gained from podcasting overall? If you haven't already answered that. I really admire how outgoing, welcome, and fun Al is, and I wish I could just reach out to people and make connections. As seemingly easy as he does. So you've talked about this 
um, just at this concept of just asking. Mm-hmm. Is that the the biggest lesson you've gained from the podcasting experience as a whole? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a, I mean, there, there's a way to try to, to draw a, a good performance out of people too, right? That I've, I've, I'm getting better at. I'm not quite there yet, but even, you know, doing this for work and performing interviews in a corporate setting, trying to get people to kind of relax mm-hmm. and give me more of their authentic selves instead of whatever they think I want them to give me. Um, yeah, it's a hard. challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I'm getting better at it. And I feel like the best way to do that is to be authentic myself. And, and that's a, mm. that's something I struggle with still too. So I think we all struggle with it like till the day we die, but uh, some people are better at it than others. It it's, I, I find it pops up as a question of like, who am I in this moment? with mm-hmm. these people like how am i processing all of this stuff that's happening and then who am i sure and i mean staying in the moment is real i mean it's a challenge for me for sure uh, i mean i've got a million things running through my head uh like mm-hmm. what's the next link i gotta click on the soundboard oh was that too long of a silence there do i need to fill that with a question um when is that person going to stop talking so i can answer the uh, ask the next question like all this shit's happening, right? And at, at some point you can get like, you can start panicking about it or you can just say, hey, you know, stop and listen. Right. And, you know, I, I think I did a lot of my interrupting early on with Chad and I learned my lesson and, uh, <laughs> sorry, Chad. Uh, and, you know, I think I'm a little better at that. I think Chad helped me learn that part. The young can teach the old, Al. Yeah, exactly. Um. Another question from Mike. This is more fun. You have a three-day weekend free with no responsibilities. The kids are all on school trip or otherwise accounted for. What are you going to do for those 72 glorious hours? Am I alone? Sure. Okay. Um, to start? No, I'm because, uh, like, if if I'm with Tanya, then uh, I have to, uh, we have to find something that we're, we'll both enjoy doing. But if I feel just, like the open-endedness of this question yeah. indicates that that's up to you as well. Yeah. If it's just me, I'm watching. It. Is- I'm just watching a lot of movies that I know I can't watch with her. With with her, um, for cause example, because I, I know she won't enjoy them or whatever. For example, um, uh, oh, uh, like some kind of weird. Oh, what was it? I just watched. It was like really bizarre. The unbearable weight of. Uh, Massive talent, massive talent. With Nick Cage and Pedro I Pascal. I fucking <gasps> love that movie, and I know Tanya would just be like, "This is so shit," but I loved it. Uh, so it was great. yeah, so I'd probably like start off watching a bunch of those movies, and then I'd go out and try to find a live music somewhere. Like I, I kind of went through this when I was in Montreal. Like after work was done, I had the whole city and nothing to do, so I found myself frantically looking for like online for okay, what bars got live music tonight, uh, and I'd probably go do that. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, Matt wants to know, Squirrely Matt, from an acoustical standpoint, do you feel that your absence of a mane has had an impact on your velvety smooth vocal chops? (laughs) And how so? Is your voice more aerodynamic as a result? And as a sub note, he wants you to know that that question is from the state of Massachusetts. My absence of mane? What? <laughs> what, like my baldness? Absence of a mane, M-A-N-E. Right. I'm um, just reading right. what he wrote. 
I'm going to ignore his question um, <laughs> because it's it's coming from Matt. But I will say this, um, especially at work. Again, I always go back to work when it, you know you know people hate hearing their voices recorded, right? Right. Uh, and I'm always I'm always having to say to them, look, I know it sounds weird when you hear your, yourself back, like in a recording. But just mm. just so you know, that's what everyone else hears all the time. So the sooner you you become okay with that, the better you'll be. And I give them that advice because I had to learn that myself the hard way. I hate I hated hearing myself, especially you know on a recording mm. for singing, like which is funny. I'm a fucking singer, but you know I used to hate listening back to myself sing until right. I, I I got over and say look look <laughs> this is whatever else when I what everyone else is hearing and uh they seem to think you're fine to be a singer so get over it get over yourself right. basically you just have to get over, get over yourself <laughs> yeah just sort yourself out yeah and now it's like i listen to, i listen back to my recordings i'm like okay i can listen to myself back now more critically and i can say okay mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm i was okay there i was really good there not so much there and right but it took a long time to get used to that um, YYZ Gord asks, looking back, what is Al's proudest accomplishment from where uh, TPS is to today? Like, so far, what is your proudest accomplishment? I mean, the proudest I've ever been of this podcast is when we recorded from the farmhouse kitchen. I mean, we could have signed off right there as the last episode of TPS and it, it would have yeah. been we're done. Like we've done, yeah. I mean, short of having Kiso on. Right. We're, this basically is a sign off that what we've been doing has meant something to not just us, not just to our listeners, but to them, to, to new metric, to, to letter Kenny, to Shorzy, to them, right. To him. I mean, I think we're all, I think we're, everyone's looking for his approval, I guess, but um, yeah. It, you know, I was talking about this in an after party. I, I know I went off the rails a little bit, but it's it, I, I'm fascinated. He's like a Pied Piper. Mm. I, I'm fascinated about like, and it was it started with um, watching Dolo on Instagram Live, mm. and he was like rapping about Jared. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, whoa. Okay. And I commented something and then Dolo mentioned like, yeah, Kiso's the shit. He's a genius. And then Terry said it and then Ryan said it and then Andrew said, and then everybody says it. Yeah. Right. And yet there's no, when you think about geniuses like textbook, you know, Oh, they're not approachable. Oh, they're this, Oh, they're that. And he has built this like, community mm-hmm. yeah. that is extended even past um and that kind of is setting up for aaron's question she has a couple questions but mm-hmm. um how do you feel about the impact that this community has had on so many people because that like you've heard people talk about the opportunities that jared has made and just how eager people are to work with and for him and do the thing. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you have that same vibe around you. Right. So how does that feel? Well, I mean, beyond, you know, the, the apex of recording in the farmhouse studio or uh, kitchen. Now 
I, I'm, I'm getting equal, if not more satisfaction in, in, in the community in hearing, you know, in hearing how people embrace newcomers, how mm-hmm. newcomers mm-hmm. who come in feel welcome. So, so readily, honestly every once in a while i step back going is this a cult did i just fucking start a cult i, I like yeah. right i'm like because and i'm like i hope what i just posted they, they don't take it as like okay you know when i say the word we're all gonna <laughs> drink the kool-aid because it, is, it isn't that right it's not that i just but want it's interesting that you said that because that's like the dark side of it right yeah, I, I wondered <laughs> Do you ever like wake up in a cold sweat going, what have I done? <laughs> no. And in, no, uh, it, Good. it's just one of these fleeting things. Like, especially whenever we add a new person in, like today we added a, a new member to our discord group. Right. And I'm yeah. trying to be as welcoming as possible, but I'm also listening to myself going, this guy doesn't know what he's getting into. And right. is, is what I'm saying to him, does he think that I'm like grooming him for something? Like, I'm not. I'm just like, welcome. We have a good time here. We're all really chill, really, really cool here. Really. Um, so have fun. And I'll see you later. <laughs> right, maybe, but, maybe take 20% off there, Al. Yeah, I know. I know. Because, I'm, you know, the, the more people we add to it, and, and so far, it could have backfired a long time ago, and it hasn't yet, right? There could have been some degen in there that could have stirred shit up. And, you know, we've been lucky. Well, that was the beauty of the Twitter DM group, right? Yeah. There was a limit. Yeah. Right? Because I, I even remember the days, like when I first joined up, it was very, um, I just remember we were apologizing a lot and mm-hmm. I, I pulled in really quickly to that, but like new people show up, it's like, oh, we got to be on our best behavior. And there was a, like every time a new person showed up in the yeah. Twitter DMs, the jokes about being on your best behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, was, that was just me. Cause you know, yeah, I'm living <laughs> yeah. up to the pod father uh, <laughs> moniker. It was like, all right, here's, here's a new friend. Everyone behave, you know, don't, don't, sh- don't let your freak flag fly too early or else we might scare him away. <laughs> It was like daycare for yeah. DGENs. It was DGEN daycare. Yeah. It's just like, okay, here's another one. Play nice. Yeah. That's like what happens at doggy daycares, Al. Yeah. You create yeah, a doggy daycare. <laughs> but, I mean, again, um, one of the things that, you know, I mean, I remember I remember our first interaction online and, and, and you know, and, and seeing your post and thinking, huh. And, mm. I mean, that's why I reached out. I'm like, do you need to talk? Do you need, yeah. you need, do you need somebody to listen? Uh, I've got a great group of people here who will listen. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It was a rough time. Mm-hmm. That was 2021, right? Yeah. Early 21. And yeah. I mean, I don't know any details and, and that's, you know, you share as much as you want to share, obviously. Um, but I know what it's like to feel isolated and, and yeah. maybe looking for, somebody who just want you know who isn't going to judge or isn't going to tell you what you should do just listen um and i knew that we had a group that that could help with that yeah so that you're yeah every time you do monday mental wellness i always think about that mm-hmm. um <clears throat> yeah my mental health journey has been interesting i'm i'm a late bloomer gen x mm-hmm. <laughs> so like you know Represent. my parents didn't believe in it no right and I grew up around. So like, we're sort of the pioneers, I think of therapy. Um, 
So it's been good. It's been a journey. Life is a journey. Life is a highway. All right. Not a destination. That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) Because because I could focus on the past. And I alluded to some of it on the Ladies Night 2 episode. But it's it i can thankfully say that like i i am looking in a different direction now and I'm, so yeah it's good it's okay yeah like i can look at that and go huh yeah that happened mm-hmm. and i didn't think i'd ever get there and there's a lot of good stuff ahead and that's what i'm focusing on yeah it's good because i mean i know I, I know i'm the, the type that needs to have something to look forward to at all times as well. And when there's nothing on the horizon, that's exciting. I, I need to look for, for it or else um, who knows? Like, I don't want to, I don't even want to know what the or else is. I just try to, yeah. keep, I just try to keep something to look forward to at all times, something in the horizon. Right. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, that trip, that trip that I took with my kids was so important to fuel that again, because we have been locked down and I'm a big road tripper from back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like I will drive a car, yeah. Till the wheels fall off. I literally have done that before. Yeah. So putting the kids in the car and doing that road trip was was a big a big deal. Um, one more question from Aaron. Which universe character would have been close friends with you in childhood or college or now? <laughs> Maybe do all three. Uh childhood, um, college now. You know what? Um, they're all probably the same and it's all it's probably dairy. <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah, I, I um, yeah, a little bit goofy. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, kind of uh, se- sentimental, goofy, uh, but loyal, and mm. just dairy. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, last question is from Victor. Victor, really? Okay. Um. <laughs> Do you still create or have aspirations to create original music? No. Songwriting was, um, was really hard for me. Uh, I, mm. I did it, you know, with, with an original band for 10 years. I don't think I was great at it. And whatever songs that I did write, I was really proud of, but they were really difficult to do. I didn't, I didn't enjoy that, the process of songwriting. Mm. I enjoyed recording it and finishing it and stuff like that and then performing it, but writing it because a lot of it came from, um, you know, I, when I was in college and I was again, spending a lot of time on my own in the city. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot, a lot of the stuff I wrote for, for that first band poise for the worm came from that experience, which mm. was very isolated and very um, lonely. Um, you know, and you know, a lot of art, good art comes from that, I guess. But I, yeah, I never, I never thought I, I was very good at at the songwriting part. So I love performing. So that's why yeah. cover, cover band is my is more my jam. Uh, but I didn't like the 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 creating of it, which is weird because I'm creative other otherwise. But with the songwriting, I just I don't think I was just ever any good at it. And to me, if I can't be good at it, I, I don't want to do it. Well, music is its own thing. Yeah. Right. Like it's that one thing that we create that is like that close to magic. Like creating music is a magical well, thing. I think. I mean, and I love the cre- watching and witnessing the creative process. Like uh, the, the Beatles, yeah. the Beatles doc um, um, was, I can watch that over and over again, all 
200 hours of it, whatever it was. Uh, I loved watching that. And being in Dolo Studio last yeah, month, dude. same thing. I'm, I was in my element in there. My, one of my favorite yeah. parts, one of my favorite places in the world to be in is in a recording studio. I love being in a recording studio. Um, and witnessing that was was great. I loved it. How long were you there? A few hours. Gotcha. Yeah, we were, I was there wow. for, for a couple hours. Um, and, uh, so chill. Yeah, it was great. Just sitting on the couch and yeah. watch, watching them go at it and uh, trying my best not to say, hey, you know what would be great here? You know, <laughs> just it's not, stay out of it. This isn't about <laughs> Settle you. Settle down. Settle down. No one needs, the, no one down. needs the white boys, uh, the white old man's recommendation right. for for uh, right. what you should put in this brilliant hip hop number you're working on here. Yeah. Have you used auto tune recently? <laughs> I I I had an idea, Dolo. <laughs> I think I made one contribution. I said, I think a triangle would sound really good in here. Ding. <laughs> cowbell. <laughs> you need more cowbell. <laughs> yeah. Um well, if it, are there any more questions in the chat? I'm going to actually open it up to the live stream now. Okay. Does anybody in the live stream have a question that they want to throw at Al? Because I am determined to hit the post on 90 minutes. So <laughs> <laughs> do it now or forever hold your yeah, peace. This is your last chance. This is the, the, the same offer I, I gave I made to Jared Kiesel, this is your one and only chance to meet me in person and ask me whatever you want. And he turned me down politely, but uh, <laughs> with respect, respectfully, with respect, yeah, respectfully. Yeah. All right. Well, seeing seeing none, I will say, Al, do you have any final thoughts? Oh, Michelle had one. Aaron's question from Michelle. Oh, wait, wait, wait. She did, and I didn't get it in. Hang on, that's what she my said. My favorite song to sing with my band. Okay. Oh, mm. Um. Uh, let's see. Anything by the Tragically Hip, only because I've been told I sound a lot like Gord Downey when, when I'm performing. And the Hip are one of my favorite bands. So, uh, and, and they usually get really great reactions from the crowd. So really anything that gets a good reaction from the crowd, I enjoy singing. But the Hip especially. And actually, anything by the Killers. The Killers ha have this great sound that just, it's, a, it's mm -hmm. rock, but people can dance to it and want to dance to it. And it... Whenever we do anything by the killers, the the dance floor just fills. It's it's so much fun. So yeah. Do you do you do a pretty good version of Mr. Brightside? So Mr. Brightside's a that. tough song for the guitarist. Um, mm. we used to do it and I, I'm okay with that one. My favorite one to do actually is when we were young. But we do That's when we were young, all um all all everything that what's that called? All the things that we've done. All the things we've done. That one and um um oh one more somebody told me so we do those three songs yeah and mr brightside used to be in there but it's it's just a really repetitive but also difficult song for a guitarist to do fair but when we were young there's a part in the middle of the or near the end of the song where uh brandon flowers like scream not screams but he like he lets out a, a like a yell uh and i love doing that part <laughs> i just love it it's it's so much fun So I'm sorry if I missed anybody's questions. It's been a week. My kid had strep yeah. and we, I was working from home today, so I didn't get to plan as much as I wanted to. Thank you, Al. Do you have any final thoughts? 
Uh, only that this was a lot of fun. Thank you for doing this. And Casey, you know, you've been amazing on leading the takeover team and, and doing this. I, I appreciate you more than you know. Um, mm. So thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this and and for being so good at it too. Like, honestly, you should have your own podcast. I mean, I, I know that you're busy. and you, I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. I'm, there are some things that need to settle down yes. around me before that happens. Absolutely. But I think everyone here would agree with me that uh, you are awesome. Um, thank you. And not just awesome like an awesome, but you, your own form of awesome. You are exceptional. You are brilliant. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you for doing this. Thank you to everyone on the live stream. This is a lot of fun. I'm looking forward now to listening to the other three get uh, mm-hmm. uh, interviewed like this. Cause I, yeah. Do you have any questions that you want me to ask them? Um, well, I want you to ask e- them each individually, you know, what their favorite thing about me is. Uh, and then, um, <laughs> okay. No. Look at you're recording it. I'm, I'm going to make notes later. Trust me. When I listen back, I, I'm, Doing this for me, not for you. No. What else do you want to ask? I'm, I'm <laughs> what just, else do you want to know? No, I mean, I'm just curious to hear what, you know, the, they're, you know, they're on the podcast all the time, but we don't always have, like, you know, every once in a while they'll be like, this is crazy what, what we're doing here. Like, the, the, I don't often hear, though, a lot of what they think of <laughs> what we're doing here. I think a lot of a lot right. of the times they just come on to say, oh, Al wants us to come on, and, and they're here to appease me, but... I want to know what they're getting out of this too. Like, are they getting as much out of this as I am? I'm curious as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we'll get to the heart of that. Um, What do we um, plan us out with? Oh, I guess, wait, I should have final comments. Sorry. Mm -hmm. My final comments are, thank you for doing this. Thank you to the takeover team for supporting me and being gracious and allowing me to do this with you one-on-one and creating this, special environment i'm really looking forward to interviewing your wife (laughs) and maddie Mm -hmm. and victor Mm -hmm. i am researching victor now um what do we got for music tonight um well before we get to that um that's right you did remind me about something that i'm really proud of with this podcast and i don't hear on any other podcast and i'm not going to take credit for this it just kind of happened organically but i love how we finish all of our episodes with final comments and it's always thank thanking it thankful everyone talks about what they're thankful about it's weird but also different like i don't hear any other podcasts do that um where we go around the horn say okay everyone has one final comment and it's usually thanking our guests thank you yes Thanking the listeners, thanking the, the the pod for existing. You know what I mean? Like uh, to me, that's a really proud thing too. But I also think it's a it's part of what makes it a, a, a unique show mm. uh, and and somewhat healing. So I'm 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 kind of, I'm gonna take a little bit of uh, responsibility and and uh, blame for that. But I'm 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 particularly proud of that part of our podcast. Anyway, you should you, you should be. Uh, you requested a song called Rowdy by Yellow Wolf. Yeah. Featuring Machine Gun Kelly and DJ Paul. So you're going to have to tell me a bit about this when I spool it up. Hold on a second here.
city good is proud of proud. If you proud it, say you proud it. I'm from a city that is proud of proud. So this this song is um, in season one episode one of Shorzy um, when he enters the ice after the cold open. Oh okay. After dirtiest player of all time. So that's that's why I picked it. Oh all right. Is, was this a song you knew before Shorzy or? No, no. It just whenever I it's been in my head lately and it makes me feel, you know good it's kind of like you know harsh so i can talk over this part and you can bring it down it's all good and uh, trace was saying that memphis represent yo so i'm taking it uh rowdy or yale yellow wolf is from memphis i think Mm -hmm. maybe well that's that's my song yeah but it doesn't have a good audio to talk over i don't think all good That's all we have for tonight. Next week, what are we doing next week, Al? Uh, next week, I believe Trace is coming on to do best of the rest. So best uh, moments for with characters that aren't necessarily regulars on Letter Kenny. So that'll be interesting. So, yeah, yeah, that'll be good. Trace, there's your notice. You're on notice now. Oh, he knows. Yeah. I, I I asked whoever who who was ready for next week, and Trace put his hand up. So he's good because he's going. Good because he's going exactly. Don't forget to give our sponsor, Diabolical Coffee, some love, everybody. They're at diabolicalcoffee.com. Right now, you can use the promo code PRODUCESTAND for 20% off any purchase from their site. If you would like to support the podcast, and you should, rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or Apple. Become a Patreon. There's a Patreon link on our site or the Twitter profile, at PRODUCESTANDPOD. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, at PRODUCESTANDPOD, and Discord now. You can DM Al on Twitter um, for a link for an invite if you want to be part of the Discord group. Thanks for joining us. And now we're going to shut it down get our jammies on and head into the after party on behalf of al and myself tps takeover crew and the tps team thank you for listening and have a great week